Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to lock on to your favorite college and NFL prospects powered by the brand that you come to know and trust, Destination Debbie. Welcome to the Elite Seekers Fantasy Football Podcast. Now introducing our host, the creator of the Elite Seekers Podcast. He goes by the name of Ben Eby. You can find him on all social media platforms at the Ben Eby. You ready to take flight? We locked on, ladies and gentlemen. Smash that subscribe button. Let's get them trophies brought back to the hotel. Here we go. Hey, what's going on, Elite Seekers? Here we are, episode 35. And we are into September. We are already a week into college football season. And if you did not get a chance to take up the entire Saturday and just watch all the games, I'm glad you're stopping by here because we're really going to dive in and and see what the freshmen that we've been talking about all year were able to do. You know, it's it's a thing where you, you try to project these guys. But when you're talking about guys coming into their first year of college football, it can be tough. And you got to be a little patient at times. And that's something that we definitely found out. We will talk about some details as, as far as that goes. But I just wanted to jump in and say some of these freshmen really just burst onto the scene. We're going to take a look at some snap counts that we saw over the last week and uh, decide what that means going forward. So I'm excited. I appreciate you being here. This is going to be an action-packed episode. If you didn't get a chance to check out me and Ray last Sunday morning, we went over our thoughts on just all of college football and what our thoughts were with what we saw in week one. And there was a lot of great storylines. Some guys that overwhelmed, some guys that underwhelmed, and that's what it's going to be about. We have to adjust. We can never stay stagnant in our takes and what we're learning along the way as, we, as this information comes in. As this college football season progresses, look for live streaming sessions from myself as well as Ray, and uh, we'll be telling you our thoughts, really just kind of live, instant reactions, nothing formal, but we're going to try to do it every Saturday night, so definitely stay locked in. If you're not already subscribed to Ray's YouTube, go to RayGQ on YouTube, and you will be able to see that there. You get all the FTN content as well, so you'll be locked and loaded for what's to come. As far as from Elite Seekers, we're going to be doing a start-sit show on Sunday mornings as well, starting this week for the NFL side of things. So, hey, we're just trying to bring you everything we can content-wise. Make sure you are prepared to bring those trophies back to the home team as we talk about for your Debbie Leagues, for your Dynasty Leagues, Redraft, you name it. Bring your questions live on Sunday morning. I got you. It's going to be a blast. I got Brandon Gonzalez-Cottrell jumping on that stream with me weekly. And who knows what other guests might pop on. But let's get right into the show that we are here for. This is your Friday Elite Seekers episode talking about the underclassmen this week. It's all about the freshmen. So some snap counts from week one that really stood out to me. JoJo Earl on the field the most out of any of the freshman Alabama wide receivers. That includes Corey Brooks, Ajay Hall, as well as Christian Leary. JoJo Earl was on for 18 snaps out of the 74 on offense. Ja'Cory Brooks saw 10, and Ajay Hall only saw one. That really surprised me coming out of you know what we saw from him in the spring game, the potential that he possesses. But this does not worry me one bit. It just means he's going to have to work his butt off to earn his, his time on the field and 
you know at Alabama it was going to be a dogfight regardless to get snaps. Jameson Williams coming in just looking like a stud, looking like a Will Fuller clone is somebody that I think, you know, kind of surprised me a little bit and probably takes some of those snaps away from Ajay Hall. Uh, and we knew what Mechie was going to be able to do. So I still think Ajay Hall will see some snaps as the season goes on for development purposes. But you might have to temper expectations if you're in some sort of C2C league or if you're just hoping to see the freshman early and often because he's going to have some work cut out just to get more of those snaps. Moving on, Will Shipley of Clemson. Clemson just looked awful, but Will Shipley saw 19 out of the 65 snaps. So you like to see that. I really think they can use his explosiveness on the field. And from a you know talent standpoint, he's probably the closest to Travis Etienne that they have right now. It's going to take some time to work on the field, but uh, that's going to be one to monitor as well. Brock Bowers came out of the gate swinging. We knew Darnell Washington was not going to be playing with injury. Eric Gilbert still up in the air if we're even going to see him this year, which is really unfortunate. You know, well wishes to to that young man. But Brock Bowers took advantage of the opportunity with 54 out of the 65 snaps. So we'll dive into him a little bit more. But what a display uh, from Brock Bowers. Superior athlete. Going to be a fun one to watch. Moving on, Brian Thomas Jr. for LSU, the wide receiver there. Big 6'4 wide receiver. Got on the field for 18 snaps out of 73. So I love that. think he's going to really develop sooner than we thought, which is great to see. Sticking with LSU, Chris Hilton also saw seven snaps. So definitely some fun things to come for the wide receivers from LSU. And we know how they've been able to develop that position in the past few years. So it will be one to monitor. Going over to Michigan, the big blue J.J. McCarthy jumping on for 20 out of the 53 total snaps. Donovan Edwards, 11. If you did not see J.J. McCarthy's cross field throw, it was really an incredible throw and catch. And one that I think, you know, we might get accustomed to as J.J. kind of earns his way onto the field as we go. Caleb Hood, the running back at North Carolina that I'm very, very intrigued about. Saw only two snaps out of the 65, even though he came in as number two on the depth chart. Still behind Ty Chandler. So that's one to pay attention to. Travion Henderson out of Ohio State. Only seven snaps out of the 50. But if you watch the game, you saw what he could do with that long touchdown run. That was fun to see. Marvin Harrison Jr., seven snaps. Emeka Ibuka, five snaps as well for Ohio State. So those guys are getting on the field early, getting their feet wet. We'll see how that goes as the season progresses. C.J. Stroud started really, really slow and was able to pick it up as the game went on. But when you're sitting behind studs like Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, it is going to be an uphill battle to see the field early on. So we'll pay attention there. A big surprise for me, Mario Williams at Oklahoma, 32 out of the 76 snaps looked amazing and uh, definitely going to have an early role and, and probably just earned a bigger share as the season goes on from a snap count standpoint. Caleb Williams got to see him on the field for only one snap, scored a touchdown. That's what Caleb does, man. He's just a big time athlete. and I'm excited to see what he does along the way. Spencer Rattler looked a little rough, so that's that's one to monitor. I fully expect Spencer Rattler to bounce back. You're going to take the ups and the downs with him. But watch to see if Caleb Williams can get on the field for more than one snap a game. It's totally possible as the season progresses. Troy Franklin was listed as a starter for Oregon. The wide receiver came in with 16 out of the 74 snaps. The other wide receiver we've talked about from Oregon, Dante Thornton, the big guy, six foot four, three snaps out of the 74 for Oregon. So they had a little bit of a scare and uh, we'll see if, if Troy and Dante can earn some more snaps on the field. But 
The big surprise for me and one guy that I've absolutely loved, we talked about him on the show, Texas's Xavier Worthy, 62 out of the 72 snaps, put on a nice move for his first catch, which was a 34-yard reception, but he just completely juked the defensive back there and, and showed us what he's what he's capable of, not just a straight-line speed guy, but just some good footwork to go along with that. I think with Hudson Card, they could have something special going on there. You know, obviously we saw what Bajan Robinson was able to do and just looks like the beast that we thought he was going to be. So that is a fun offense to check out. But let's go ahead and get into some specifics now that we went over some of these snap counts for you. These are going to be ones that we got to monitor because this is a great way, you know, not looking at the stats to understand how much your guys are going to get on the field. And as freshmen, that is important. That's what it's all about for development. That shows that the coaching staff trusts you, and it's going to be a big piece to everything they do going forward. So we'll pay attention to this weekly going forward. With that said, let's jump into the first breakdown. So here we go. All right, back over to Mario Williams at Oklahoma. Coming into the season, wasn't sure what we were going to see from Mario Williams. What he was able to show us coming out of high school is just elite quickness, elite agility, incredible feet, and someone that just seems like they were going to be able to get open. Well, we saw that right out of the gates. Yes, Oklahoma has Marvin Mims, Spencer Rattler, definitely targeted Mims a lot last year, and, and Mims still led the way with total receiving yards with 117 for the game, taking in six targets, catching five passes with that for a 23.4 average as far as yards per reception go. But Mario Williams led the way with eight targets, catching six balls for 37 yards and scoring the only receiving touchdown of the game, which was really surprising considering Oklahoma was going against Tulane, but we saw Tulane put up a major fight. Shout out to Michael Pratt. That was a hell of a performance, and it really looked like Tulane was threatening to, to go for the upset against number two Oklahoma right out of the gates. But Mario Williams was able to work his way this offseason on a crowded depth chart and just find his way to getting the most targets in week one, which is something to be said. Last year, we saw Marvin Mims do the same thing, jump onto the field early, really earn that role and just build on it as the season goes on. So if Mario Williams is going to see anywhere around that seven to eight targets per game, he is up for a big year. He just does a great job getting open underneath. And I think Spencer Rattler will improve. He didn't look very good in week one. But again, you're going to get the ups. You're going to get the downs with Rattler. And we shall see. It's all about decision making for him. But to have a receiver that can get open quickly off the line is going to be a quarterback's best friend. And Mario Williams is a yak monster waiting to happen. I know we only saw 37 yards this week. But if he's getting six catches a game, I fully expect him to break off some big ones because he just has that type of speed. And he's, he seems to have really solidified a, a role early on in this season for Oklahoma, which is going to be threatening for a national championship. I'm not so sure now that we saw what they did against Tulane. But hey, it's week one. Everybody can have an off game. We'll go from here. But Mario Williams is up, up, up as far as my rankings go for freshman wide receivers. Let's jump into this Georgia Clemson battle that happened last Saturday. Number five, Georgia taking on number three, Clemson. You probably expected fireworks. You probably expected 
stars to show up. But that wasn't the case with Georgia winning the game 10 to Clemson's three points. Just a brutal, brutal performance all around. Clemson was not able to get anything going against Georgia's defense. Number one quarterback, consensus number one quarterback, DJ Weagalele finished 19 out of 37 for 178 yards, passing, no touchdowns, one interception, took seven sacks, just didn't look like he had much movement in the pocket. It was it was rough to see. He was the leader of the team as far as rushing attempts go as well, with 14 carries for minus 22 yards. And then you start to look at the other ones. Lynn J. Dixon, one rushing attempt. Will Shipley, four rushing attempts. And Kobe Pace, four rushing attempts. So if you take out what DJ was able to do as far as rushing goes from an attempt standpoint, Will Shipley was tied with the other running backs for the lead there. He did lead the running back group in total yards as he had seven rushing yards and a whopping 11 receiving yards on one catch. But you really watch the game and you just believe that Will Shipley has a type of electricity that that offense needed sorely in that game. So I do think that they're going to be able to find their way to get back on track. They got South Carolina State coming up in week two, which will be an interesting matchup just to see what they do to kind of figure out how to get DJ going, how to get a running game going. And I think Will Shipley is going to be the big answer to both of those questions. He, he just does a good job catching the ball out of the backfield. He's that one-cut guy that Travis Etienne was able to do to produce so many big plays. So keep an eye on what Will Shipley does in week two. Let's see what this coaching staff does. Are they able to get him involved early? Do they trust him enough? And I think the answer is yes. So pay attention to Will Shipley in week two. So last week, we got to see Texas ranked preseason-wise at number 21 against Louisiana, who was ranked 23rd coming into the contest. And Texas put on a show. Really, really strong start to Coach Sark's career there for the Longhorns. They ended up winning the game 38-18 with Hudson Card as their starting quarterback. I really liked what I saw from this offense. Now, it seems like, hey, the guy at wide receiver, Jordan Whittington, finally healthy, looking so freaking huge on the sidelines, man. He's just a big, big playmaker. Coming in with eight targets, finishing with seven catches, 113 yards. Really, really look good. But we know Jordan Whittington has had a really hard time staying on the field. So then you start to look at who was the number two receiver, who was the other starting wide receiver for Texas. And that's where Xavier Worthy comes in. A freshman coming in in a talented wide receiver room like Texas has, starting the game, playing 62 out of 72 snaps is nothing to balk at. Now, if people aren't looking into the stats or didn't watch the game, they're going to see one catch for 34 yards and they're not going to be impressed. And that's okay. Get ahead of this one because I'm telling you, Xavier Worthy is here to stay. Check out the one catch he had. He just made an incredible move, juked out the defensive back, was able to get past him with great footwork, just great technique. And Hudson Card laid it out there for him. So this is going to be someone that I think once once Card gets used to his speed, we're going to see some big plays happening more often than not. And if something did happen to Whittington, 
you know, Worthy has a chance to step into a wide receiver one role and really kind of put his name on the map for a team that eventually is going to be moving over to the SEC. So this is one that you definitely want to be ahead of. You love what you saw from Bajan Robinson. He's going to be that number two guy as far as targets go, just because he's so good at catching the ball out of the backfield or lining up at the slot or wherever the heck you need him. He is a stud. But I think that really just opens up the field and the deep pass for Xavier Worthy. So got to be out there finding out how to get Xavier Worthy on your Devi rosters because he is a good one, man. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm super impressed. Ever since he decommitted from Michigan, ended up at Texas, that's all you heard all offseason is how much he was blowing away his teammates with what he could do with his speed. And here it is, game one, and we saw some of that. So, hey, you got to look at the trends. 62 out of 72 snaps, exactly what you want to see in game one. Pay attention to Xavier Worthy, man. I'm telling you, he is the real deal. Let's jump back into that Georgia Clemson game and take a look at Brock Bowers, the freshman tight end, six foot four, 240 pounds, has been clocked at a 40 inch vertical. So we're talking about Noah Fant level athleticism. And wow, did he put that on display right out of the gates? He saw eight targets by far leading the way for Georgia, finishing with six catches for 43 yards. He really just looked like JT Daniels security blanket. And that's what you like to see, you know, being that security blanket for a potential first round quarterback was really, really crazy. And you love it because Darnell Washington is a big time tight end. Didn't play. Eric Gilbert, the arguably top tight end, now switched to wide receiver, not playing. We don't even know if we're going to see him at all this year. So Brock Bowers has a grand opportunity to come in and really produce out of the gates, and that he did. Though Out of those 43 yards, 31 were after the catch. So what you saw is just a whole lot of dump down plays, a couple of screens for Brock Bowers, and he was able to get up the field, use that athleticism, make guys miss, show off his physicality, and just he's going to be a complete uh, high ceiling tight end. So we're looking for athleticism from this position. You got to pay attention. You got to move Brock Bowers way up. He was a guy that already came in as a top three tight end in this 2021 high school class. So now he certainly will be threatening for the top spot overall. But man, you love to see it. Great start for Brock Bowers. Pay attention to the kid out of Napa Valley. Big time recruit. That is all I got for you for week one. We will continue to monitor trends because that's what it's all about with these freshmen. You got to be patient, but you also got to look for trends. It's not all about the box score. It's not all about the stats. But how often are these guys getting on the field? How often are they earning the trust of their coaches and just really giving them a chance to develop that much faster? So it is now time for the quote of the show. So here it is. If you wait until everything is perfect before you begin, you will be waiting forever. The best time is now. This one really stood out to me. I just started a business. If you guys follow me on Twitter at the Ben Eby, you will see that I'm now into digital marketing. I'm helping out with web design, graphic design, just brand building in general. So if you get a chance, check me out at the Ben Eby dot com. Feel free to sign up for my ebook there. It is uh, it's a good one, and I hope it helps a lot of people. As we've talked many times on the show, it has been a crazy tough year and a half for so many. So I'm just happy to have an opportunity to give back and really go after something for for myself and my family as well. So thank you guys so much for rocking with me again. Check us out on Sunday morning 
We should be rocking right around 1220 Eastern time for about 30 minutes to answer everybody's start sit questions live. But until then, see you on Saturday evening with Ray for College Football Week 2 recap. See you guys later. Elite Seekers out. Thank you.